This is Kyle. You know I got Soul here with Ed from SoulAndStereo.com. We're here with podcast number three. I uh, just want to, you know, quickly go through everything as far as how the last round went. Um, if you notice, uh, Tom, again, is not here. I mean, hey, he's a married man. Things change. He's busy. Ed, you can probably I talk mean, to me. Boy, <laughs> I, can, I can relate. If anyone can relate to the struggles of marriage, I can tell you that. I love marriage, though. Gotta do that. Shout out to my man and shout out to his lovely bride. So y'all do your thing. We'll hold it down for you. Right. And hopefully Tom is back next week because we're getting closer and closer to the finals. Down to the final eight now. You know, Ed, we, we talked about, you know, some of our predictions last week and where we anticipated everything to hold off. And seems like our prediction was right. A lot of the albums that we thought would make it to the next round, they all made it. Um, a couple of exceptions, but we'll get into that a little further. Just quickly... Um, going through each thing, uh, each round, you have Mary J, she beat out TLC, uh, in that round, you have Aaliyah beating out D'Angelo, you have Jodeci beating out R. Kelly, and you have Drew Hill beating out Tony Braxton, let me stop with this one right now, Drew Hill beating out Tony Braxton, that was kind of a surprise to me. I don't know if it's so much of a surprise, and we talked last week about how freaking close that would be, again, I don't, I, and I actually went back and did my homework and listened to the Secrets album last week after we discussed it because I hadn't heard it in a few years and measured up against the Drew Hill album, which I had heard more recently. And that is just so close. I, I would have thought Tony pulled it out. It wouldn't surprise me that Drew pulled it out. I'm not really mad at the, the result, though. Right. But you know what? I think Tony Braxton, her name, um, like we mentioned last week, her name, I don't think, is as recognized or celebrated as it should be. But when you're talking about her first two albums, you can't really top that. So for me, it was kind of surprised to see Drew Hill pull it out, just because I think Tony Braxton just has a bigger name, per se. Oh, quite unquestionably, she has a bigger name. Unfortunately, in 2015, that name has been kind of overshadowed by reality show hijinks. I'll get into that rant for another day. But... Unfortunately, we tend to forget how legendary and how much ground she paid for, especially 90s R&B. So always got to show props to Tony. She is a trendsetter. Yep, and also got to give props to our fan base for still recognizing just the great work that Drew Hill put out on that first album. Great album. No question. No question. Absolutely. So the next round after that was Brandy beating out Mariah's Butterfly album, Brandy's Never Say Never album. Then you have the Ultimate Usher Confessions album versus 100% Genuine. Just want to talk about this matchup really quickly. This was, I think, the first round where Usher's Confessions album showed that it was human and, and could lose because that was a very tight win. Luckily, Usher pulled it out, but Usher almost lost this one. Well, and I, as we said before, that I, I didn't expect this to be another fight because when you look at the fan base, it's like abs versus abs. Whose abs do you pick? I don't know. I don't know what baby oil y'all like. So I knew it was going to be a struggle. But the best album went out by far. Yep. And then after that, we had, we had the R album, R. Kelly, against Maxwell's Urban Hang Sweet. Um, R. Kelly pulled it out. Not a lot of surprise there. And then the final matchup, I forgot to mention and bring this up earlier. It was Usher's 8701 album versus Lauryn Hill's Miseducation of Lauryn Hill album. Ooh, baby. Tell them about this one, player. This one was, you know, we had had this discussion off the air. And I was actually not so so much surprised that Lauryn Hill won. But Usher's album, that almost won. And, you know, we were talking about the abs earlier with the Usher albums. uh, But, you know... 
from what I see on that Facebook page of ours, that Lauren Hill album, everyone seems to love it. And again, that showed that it was human as one that that it could almost lose against, you know, 8701. Well, and it's like I said last week, I think album for album in this 64 um, album tournament, especially when we're we're at the the elite eight now. And I think if you match up all eight albums, this Lauren album is the best album to be featured if we're just looking at quality if we're looking at impact we're looking at legacy that is the album that's the album i'm not saying it's the favorite to win the tournament but it is the best album and i'm glad that um the you know i got soul fans the universe the followers went and supported the best album because a701 is a great album it's not even the best usher album but lauren's album by far a better album it deserved to win Right. So, you know, instead of going through each round again, just, you know, because we already did that last week, right. I want to take this time to talk about some of the albums that got eliminated this round, starting with the fan mail album. We had talked about, you know, how much, how big it was at that time. And maybe now it, it's looked at as something that is bigger than it should be, per se. But in terms of the songs, are there any songs to you that stand out for, from that album that you say, OK, I can still listen to this today? Oh no question. It's still it's still in rotation and it's a very solid piece of work. You got the singles, you got the um the scrubs and the unpretty and those things like that. But it's also some strong album cuts. I don't know how it if this um shaked up for other people, but in Virginia when I was growing up when this album hit, um Silly Ho got tons of radio play, man. I thought it was gonna be a video for that song because it was that big. And it's funny that album is that song is still on my playlist because of that goofball song. But when we look at the other songs that are on the album as well, like I said, very very strong album tracks. If they knew, um, I also love Dear Lie. I think that was an official single as well. I miss you so much. It's great. I'm good at being bad. There's just lots of good material here. And although I do think over time this album has been pushed a little iconically because of it was the last full album where all members were present. And I think it's pushed it up a little bit. It deserves definitely the support that it gets. Not the greatest album of all time by any means, but it deserves the love. Right. And then the album after that, then we're going to talk about the Brown Sugar album, you know, We've heard, you know, your comments on it. Maybe not so much the album itself, but who the album eliminated, which was the key. <sighs> player, player. You know, my, my heart has not healed from this. <laughs> but it's funny because in this matchup, it faced the Aaliyah's One in a Million album. I, I noticed a lot of younger fans voting for the Aaliyah album. You know, maybe that is the album that they personally like more, but I'm not sure if everyone's actually heard the Brown Sugar album in terms of the people, I guess, from my generation or, or even younger. So just kind of fill us in on that Brown Sugar album and what people can expect if they haven't heard it yet. Well, it, it reminds me of when we finally, after all those years, got the third D'Angelo album last December. And D'Angelo is one of those artists that for a generation of R&B fans, they have heard that he's iconic. They know that he's cool. They know that he's he's big and neo soul and helped kind of push that movement, but he wasn't around during their inception of music to actually grasp how good he was. And I think that's something that's a little bit missing from the D'Angelo legacy. I think Badu suffers from that a bit too. But when we look at the album, I think it's just a very solid piece of soulful piece of work. Me and those dreaming eyes of mine. That is my song. And I think it's one of the most underrated songs ever. I know we love cruising and we love, um, lady and we love the brown sugar title track but 
at just 10 songs, you get so much for so little. And that's why when I, when you go to my site and I'm reviewing and if I'm reviewing for, you know, I got soul, I talk so much about having an album that's tight and consistent and it has a consistent theme throughout. And it's not 18 songs with a whole bunch of different producers. It sounds like mess all over the place. Brown right. Sugar is solid, it's strong, it's tight, it's consistent, and it's a great, great piece of work. And anyone who says that it should have eliminated Aaliyah album, you know, it's hard to argue that. Like you, I could, there is an, there are two different sounds, but I can definitely say that I can understand if one preferred the Aaliyah album. The Aaliyah album just, I couldn't see it losing because it just has a stronger legacy, especially among younger fans. Well, Ed, we're gonna, I'm gonna have a Skip Bayless moment right now. Is it better than the Keith Sweat album that it eliminated? Huh! Huh! Let me, you're on your Skip Bayless hating moment, I see, player. Because <laughs> when we look at legacies, I think that, I mean, just throwing out the Ed bias for Keith, because y'all know how I do. But when it comes down to songs for songs, I keep it real. And I think that Keith's album, that it eliminated, when you look at the history of that, I think that is Keith Sweat's best work. I don't think Brown Sugar, although I, it is my favorite album, it might not be D'Angelo's best work. A lot of people kind of lean to voodoo for that. I prefer Brown Sugar, but when you match it up, Keith wins. Like when you look at the the songs, when you look at the legacy of those singles, when you look at an overall piece of work, gotta go with Keith, and that's without my bias. So there, I know y'all don't believe me, but there. <laughs> Fair enough. And then after that. You have the R. Kelly against Jodeci album, the R. Kelly, R. Kelly album, Jodeci show after Party Hotel. Jodeci mm-hmm. ends up winning that one. I don't think there's much to talk about as far as R. Kelly's, I guess, you know, this album, because I think everyone at this point knows this album and pretty much knows the albums that come after that. But, you know, just to open it up for debate, you know, Jodeci just put out their latest album. When you look at the journey that R. Kelly's taken with his albums, what do you think about the current R. Kelly Oh, play. I need first I need an ice pack and I don't drink, but I need y'all to hook up something for your boy for my nerves. Because that Black Panties album, people say, you know, they come to my site or they look at the reviews for you know I got soul and they are like, Oh, Ed, you know, it seems like all your reviews are like the the scores are around the same. Like you never give anything the top score and you never give anything like the bottom of the barrel. And that's because honestly I don't listen to something that's going to be that much garbage. If I know it's going to be bad, I'm not even going to bother listening. I will save that 45 minutes to listen to something halfway decent. However, I reviewed R. Kelly's Black Panties album, and I will say it is the lowest score of anything I have ever given. And it is, I got a whole lot of hate mail, and I got a lot of people supporting that album because they were like, oh, it's not meant to be deep. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be sex music. Well, Compare that to the R. Kelly album that has plenty of sex music. You remind me of something. It's not anything you want to be singing to your mama. But there is substance there. And I feel that the new R. Kelly falls into the trap that a lot of newer artists are doing and just making stuff that sounds like current music but lacks the substance of the that the genre was built on. R. Kelly's fallen in that trap. And I really... I'm harsh to him toward that because if you're a veteran, I need you to trend set. I need you to take the new sound, but add the things that you've learned as a veteran to that. So take that new sound, but give it some beef, give it some meat, 
Y'all eating it's that album is the equivalent of chicken bones that you've already eaten with a little bit of meat still on the left on it. I don't want that as a meal. Somebody already ate that. Give me some meat to my album. R. Kelly needs to step up and return to the substance that he gave us in this album right here. Wow. <laughs> well, Y'all me, got me on one today, player. Wow. Well, let me ask you this. You know, we're talking about his past work. In terms of, you know, when you're reviewing an album, um, you know, just for future reference, are you also factoring what they've done in the past, or are you just looking at it from an unbiased standpoint on that oh, album? I, I look at an album. It's unfair to compare one album to another. So I can't look at Black Panties and compare it to the R. Kelly album. Like, that's not fair. That's two different genres. That I mean, with two different generations of sound. That's almost like 20 years of music in between the two. And I think some fans really... One one pet peeve, kind of as a side, that I don't like as fans when they say, oh, an artist, this doesn't sound like the old artist. Well, an artist should be able to grow and change their sound. However, they should be able to maintain the substance that got them to stardom in the first place. And I think that is what we're missing in today's music. The substance is being pulled away. Yeah. And, you know, um, the other thing that people were actually asking us, was, you know, how come we never posted a Jodeci review? And, you know, we've actually talked about that album off the air. So, I mean, I think this is a good opportunity for us to actually discuss that album right now, the new Jodeci album. Um, yeah. And talk about that album a little bit. Well, I wanted to get a review of that, and I'll tell you the reason why, just being real. Um, it, it dropped right around the time that I went out of town for a week, so I was able to listen to the album while I was away, but I wasn't able to write up a review. Um, just some quick thoughts on it. The great thing about the new Jodeci album is that it is a return to the sound that we love. Remember what I just said. A lot of fans get annoyed when their art, when their favorite artists kind of change direction. And I, again, I'm never mad at an artist for changing direction. They, instead of trying to sound like a Chris Brown or, or a new artist, they return to that 90s sound, and I think that's what makes it so familiar and welcoming. And that was probably the best thing I liked about an album. It sounded like Jodeci. It didn't sound like Jodeci doing Chris Brown karaoke. It sounded like it was supposed to sound. However, just being honest, the thing I didn't like about the album, we can be you know, real with ourselves, their voices don't have the same weight that they had in 1995. And that strain really hurt a lot of the songs. There are a lot of songs that sound great, but would have sounded better if Casey and JoJo's vocal cords time traveled 20 years in the future and sang those songs. Whereas now it's, you know, sonically the production is great. You know, the writing is strong, but the vocals just couldn't hang with it. And that really took me out of the experience. Right. And of course, Jodeci will be going on tour sometime soon. So I'm curious to hear how they sound live. Hopefully they get it together and give everyone a good show because I don't want them to be lip singing out there. Please, no. We've heard enough of that. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, again, we already talked about the Drew Hill-Tony Braxton matchup. Quickly, uh, what are some of your favorite songs on that Secrets album? Like I said, I just listened to that and I had a ball just revisiting that sound because that sound was, you know, so monumental to so much of our fandoms. Um, I wish we got a video for I Love Me Some Him. What, what, what? We were just denied that, that heat. I really wanted a, a video for that. And of course, you know, you love, you're making me high and unbreak my heart. Unbreak my heart, I was kind of 
that was one of those songs that you heard a million times and I'm like, okay, I never want to hear it again. But since I had been, had that long break when I heard it, um, last Thursday, whatever day it was, I listened to it. I really could enjoy it again because that it hadn't worn off on me as some of the other ones had, but great album from top to bottom. Come over here. Yeah. The, the albums, the, um, album intro was great as well, but just like from top to bottom again, it's another tight album. It's like 11, 12 tracks. How could an angel break my heart? That one, there's just lots of quality all the way through. You can credit Babyface. You can credit R. Kelly for their great writing. Just, just strong piece of work. Yeah, great writing, great production, great album. Um, and then, you know, we had talked about Summer Slams and WrestleManias and Survivor Series. You know, the Never Say yeah. Never album. I guess the Butterfly album. I think this matchup was incredibly close. Uh, the Brandy fans came through, got Brandy on to the next round. But I think already last week we were talking about this Mariah album and how it kind of transitioned her into the hip-hop R&B era. Um, just a lot of great records on there. I, I, I specifically remember Breakdown being one of the songs that really just caught my attention. Oh, yes, yes. And I love the video for that. Mariah just took, did such a great job in that era and the album of four of matching her sound up with hip hop artists that you just would not picture her with. I mean, we can, you know, sit back now and it's nothing to see, you know, your favorite R&B person with your favorite rap person. But in the 90s, it was a little bit more rare unless they were on the same label. You didn't really see it that much. So when you see Mariah in a video with Mob Deep, I mean, like what? When you see Mariah spinning on a thing with um Bone Thugs in the background, like this is crazy. But it always produced such strong music. Yep. And um, have you had a chance to hear Mariah's new song yet? I have not. I have not. Twitter was a buzz about it a few days ago. I have not heard it. So tell me what you think of it. Well, you know what? I mean, I personally like the song, but I also agree with some of our readers who commented on the song, you know, on our Facebook. They had right. just talked about how Mariah's been kind of stuck in that 2006 and 2007 sound for the last, I guess, eight years now. Um, for an artist like Mariah, how can you how how is she able to evolve? Can she still evolve as an artist? Oh, definitely. I think that she has to do it, but she has to do it deftly. Like, we almost saw that when she had the collab with um, Miguel on the last album, but the problem with that is Miguel overshadowed her, and it almost seemed like a Miguel song featuring Mariah. Like, there's there's definitely room to grow, and her voice is so powerful and so strong, she could easily incorporate it into 2015 production and harmonies. But she just has to be very, it seems like she's just very cautious about stepping into that realm. And I don't blame her. Like, you don't want to step in something. And like I was saying about a Jodeci album, sound totally out of your league when you're trying to sound like someone else. We don't want her to sound like Tinashe or anything like that. We want her to sound like Mariah, but we want her to sound updated. I think she definitely has the ability to do that. We just haven't heard it yet. So what you're saying is you don't want her on a DJ Mustard song? Um, no. If Mustard on the Beat Hole is in the first three seconds of Mariah's song, don't let me hit that skip button, because it's going to happen. Right. Well, definitely want to get you to check out that uh, that new Mariah single. Let me know what you think. But No question. Moving on, we had talked about the Usher's Confessions album beating out Genuine's 100% album. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick for you, what's the better Genuine album, 100% or The Bachelor? Oh, man, that is like that is such a tough question. You're putting a brother on the spot. I'm going to go with 100 percent just because I think that when you tie in 
I think he was still slightly trying to find himself on that album. And, or maybe it was just because Pony was such a bit record that it overshadowed almost everything else. 100% just seemed a little bit stronger overall, like from front to back. Whereas the first album, we had the huge single in Pony and we had some other good things too. Cause I mean, I love I'll Do Anything, but I just think that 100% just was a little bit overall from top to bottom just got that message across a little better. I've complained before about some of the long skits and stuff that annoyed me, but I think it's a good piece of work and I might go with that one. It's kind of hard to pick the two. That's a, that's a tough one on a brother. That is definitely a tough one. And then as we continue on, we had the R. Kelly album against the Maxwell Urban Hang Suite. Maxwell ended up losing this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this was kind of interesting. Maxwell ended up Facing the next album, which it won pretty convincingly, almost lost to the John B. album. So, you know, I, I think it's fair to say, Maxwell, this is where it probably should have ended up. Well, no question. And it's Maxwell, just like um, we talked in the last podcast about um, Mariah, no, I'm sorry, not Mariah, Mary J's Share My World album, how it just had a tough draw and had some tough competition against it. There are two excellent, excellent albums, but when you're just matched up, against albums from beloved artists that were strong and that still have a strong fan base. It's going to be really hard to break through that. So Maxwell's great album, it just had a tough role, and I don't think it was able to climb that hill. Nope. So let's, uh, again, we're going to start talking about the, the next round and our predictions for that. So mm-hmm. uh, all the listeners out there, again, if you don't want to be spoil- spoiled and if you want to keep your biases you know, to yourself, Definitely hit pause right now, stop the player, stop the MP3, whatever it is, just hit stop, because we're going to go into the next round now. Oh, and just a quick note, I'm not sure if everyone's noticed yet, but in these upcoming matchups that we've been doing, we've also been posting clips of each preview, so if you guys want to take a listen to our thoughts on each album, definitely hit play, definitely uploading everything on SoundCloud for you guys, so definitely check it out. Um, But in terms of the next round, Predictions again, Ed, Mary J has to go against another beast this time <sighs> in the million album. Mary Hell, J. Mary J has such a hard role. Beat the Aaliyah album in the first round, now has to face one in a million to get to the final four. Can she do it? Man, it was a small miracle that she got past the Red album in the first round. I love this album. I think when you matched it up, again, if it was 2000 or 2000, 1997, Ed, reviewing these two albums, Mary J. Share My World would probably get five stars from me. The Aaliyah album, maybe four, four and a half. I think the MJB album is a better album. It should win. Will it win? Probably not. I think this is where the Cinderella story ends for MJB. I just don't see two Aaliyah albums going down before we get to the semifinals. I don't see it happening. Yep. And then the one after that, we have the Jodeci Show After Party Hotel album against the Lauryn Hill album, the one that everyone seems to love. Um, Just talk about this matchup a little bit. I mean, the Jodeci album came out in 1995. Everyone's still listening to it today. But I think the Lauryn Hill album, it, it has a lot of different perspectives to it. And it's just not only a album. I think it's something that has really impacted society. Definitely. when you, Especially in 2015, those themes ring so loud and true. And I think that's why that album has had legs on it for so many years. Um, again, though, although to me, if we match this up and we're just going album for album, I think Lauryn wins easily. 
I don't know if it'll be such an easy win for her here because the Jodeci fan base is so rabid. And this is like, I know we have the new album, but a lot of fans still cling to this one as the last great Jodeci album. It's going to be a really tough road. I'm going to go with Lauren. I'm just going to go in, in my gut and go with Lauren, but it would not surprise me to see Jodeci in the semis here. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, we have a huge Jodeci following, so don't be surprised if people like Mr. Dalvin, Devante, Casey, and JoJo gyrate their way to the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> with songs like Freaking You. When we go to the next round, you know what, this one is going to be, you know, I kind of want, you know, Brandy's obviously one of my favorite artists personally, right. but. This Drew Hill album has kind of been a Cinderella story throughout this entire tournament. It could have been eliminated early on, but it's kind of just stuck in there. It's been strong, and now it's in you know the final eight. Um, Brandy has a crazy fan base as well, but the Drew Hill fans, they've come out of nowhere to show the support for that album. So what do you have there? I, again, if we're going to go for album for album, I think Drew Hill beats Never Say Never. I know y'all going to load up my inbox with hate mail, but it's the truth. I think Drew Hill's album is much stronger than Brandy's here. However, you talked earlier about the amount of fan support. I have never, there are two fan bases that I have seen on in my days since I've been doing reviews and writing about artists that are just diehard. Brandy's and those Tamar fans. Now the Tamar fans, those Tamarsians are definitely from another planet. So I'll get on y'all another day. Y'all out there. But the Brandy fans, man, they are just so dedicated and so strong. I don't know if Drew Hill, I think it's going to be a battle of the fan bases, but I don't know if they can beat the Brandy fans. I think that the Drew Hill album by far is better, but Brandy might steamroll it. If it's an absolute KO by Brandy, don't be surprised. Yeah. And it's what it's funny because Tom and I were talking about this tournament, and when it first began, we kind of wanted it to be one of those things where everything was objective in terms of right. just quality of music. And now the fans, you know, and and we love the fans. We definitely love the support and just them voting. But I think the fans at this point have kind of wanted their favorites to win, so they've they've kind of overtaken this whole thing. But again, I hope it's objective and we we get the winner that truly deserves to win this thing. Of course, but I mean, that's life. I mean, if you look at politics, do people really vote for the the best candidate or do they vote because they don't want the other person to win or they're just voting for their favorites? Like, you know, it's kind of weird like that, but I would hope that people would vote for the best thing. That's all yeah. I can ask. Yeah. And then the last matchup we have, and Ed, this is a kind of a, kind of a short podcast for us, so... Uh, We'll kind of have to brainstorm on some other things to talk about, but the last matchup that we do have, we have two male artists, two beloved male artists, especially mm-hmm. on the website. You have the Usher Confessions album against the R. Kelly R album. Now, this R. Kelly R album, I don't know if it's his greatest work, um, but you know, it's gone to the final eight, so what do we have here? Well, I think if we look at the the Elite Eight here, I think I would call the R album like probably the weakest album out of the bunch that we have here. It's not a bad album per at all, but I think it is the weakest album. Just because as we've discussed so far so far, good Lord played a joint just so long. I mean it's two discs and one of the discs is like eighteen tracks. And that's just one disc. So I think that compared to the Confessions album, I don't think it I'm not going to say it doesn't stand a chance, but I don't think that it's going to make it. I think that Usher's going to beat it up pretty good. Usher's Confessions is just so beloved. 
so strong. And I think that when you look at R. Kelly's most beloved album, it's not even this one. So I don't think it'll be able to hang, even though it does have a legacy. It does have Half on a Baby and When a Woman's Fed Up and I Believe I Can Fly and what was that country song? I, if I could turn back the hands of time, it has so many great singles on it, but that Usher's Confessions album, man, I mean, it's just one of the best in the past 10 years or so. It ain't going anywhere. No, it isn't, but we'll definitely see starting next week what happens. Really interesting to see how everything turns out. Again, if you guys, uh, you know, want to keep voting and, you know, keep doing all this thing, definitely Support our website, comment, do everything you can. You know, as much as we like to joke about the fan bases and the crazy voting and all that stuff, we we love it. It really makes this a lot more entertaining. I mean, that's what the Internet's all about. You know me. If you know me and my writing, I love to joke about any and everything. But the thing that makes this so fun is to meet other passionate fans and kind of just go back and forth about what you like, what you don't like. I mean, that's how I met Tom. That's how I met Kyle. That's why I'm here now, because we're three fans of music who share a common bond, common interest. Like we're we're like spread out totally across thousands of miles but our interest and love of music brought us together so if you love something get online support it just don't be trolling each other people because man i ain't got enough ibuprofen for some of y'all but if you love it support it and do it right that's all i say have fun with it absolutely and you know before we roll out of here um i know you actually just posted a new review for that new sierra album um Mm -hmm. Can I just summarize it for the ones who haven't had a chance to read it yet on soulandstereo.com? Well, I won't give away too much, but I will say that if you're a fan of soulandstereo.com, you will know that I am not the biggest Sierra supporter. However, this album was a lot stronger than I expected. Most Sierra albums have one good song, one good strong single, and just a lot of fluff surrounding it. This one, of course, we knew going into it that I bet was a pretty big song for her. And again, it is the best song on the album. But if you're a fan of Sierra's club-friendly dance tracks, there's a lot to love here. There are lots of strong tracks. There's some mess. There's some Pitbull up there stumbling and fumbling as Pitbull does. But there's some stuff that you can really love and sink your teeth into. It was a surprisingly decent album. And you know what? I actually had a chance to listen to that album just recently, and it's really interesting that you bring it up, and I, I kind of want to warn the listeners as well, you have to listen to this album with an open mind, because it does get kind of poppy, it does get kind of dancey. You know, I went into that album anticipating, you know, an R&B album, just like her last one, which I know you weren't too fond of, but I personally nope. the album. <laughs> uh, but, you know, as far as this one, it's a lot poppier. Um, can you just, you know... I, I want to kind of, and I was just talking to Tom about this too, it's kind of interesting how the label approached this album by putting out a straight R&B record with I Bet first, and then having the rest of the record be, you know, pretty dancey, pretty poppy. I think it, and I won't say that it's misleading, I do think that it's, you know, there are a lot of politics at play. I think that when an artist puts out a song, they should, of course, put out their best foot forward, which was I Bet. But unfortunately, that tends to set the tone of what you think a project would sound like. And if you go into this thinking that you're going to get 12 tracks of I Bet, you're going to be sorely mistaken because it is not that at all. This is a upbeat dance record. And for an upbeat dance record, I think it does well. It's not the but if you're going into this and you have no desire to hear that kind of music and usually I have no desire to hear that kind of music. If you keep your mind open and just recognize a good song for a good song. 
I think you'll find some stuff to be enjoyed. But if you're going in this expecting some R&B, you will be very disappointed. It's just not that type of album. And that's no no slight against Sierra. That's just not what she wanted to do here. Fair enough. So anything else, uh, you know, on the website that we should be aware of? You know, you got the reviews. What else? Got the reviews. Um, last week we also we all know that um Marvel's Age of the Avengers, um, Age of Ultron. I'm sorry, just came out. I just checked that out today. I literally got that an hour from that before we hopped on this podcast. But it's kind of a change of pace for us. But I decided to rank all ten marvel movies before the release of age of ultron and that's got a lot of buzz and a lot of folks talking so if you're a fan of the comic book movies that we've seen the past few years go check that out and you can see what i thought were my favorites you can share your favorites and let a brother know what you think right and you know before we're out of here just want to tell tell all the fans you know again appreciate you guys for sticking with us for voting and you know now that we're talking about marvel characters how about this by the time we do this podcast again next week let's Think of all these Avenger characters, all these X-Men characters, and try to compare them to R&B artists. And hopefully next week we have a nice list for that. Man, that is, I, I like that. You put a brother up to a challenge for that. I will be ready for that. We grab Tom and get him together, and I think we'll have fun. Right. All right, so again, this is Kyle from You Know I Got Soul. This is Ed. I mean, that's Ed from Soul and Stereo. We're out of, of here. Going to see what happens next week. Um, a lot of great albums. Can only be one, so... We'll see everyone next week. All right, players, we'll see you.